1: And welcome to Scare You to Sleep, I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm going to read you a bedtime story. Before we begin, I just wanted to let you know that for my $3 and up patrons, there is a bonus episode available on Patreon. I read the creepypasta, The Rake, so enjoy. There's also no intro or outro, just pure, uninterrupted creepy. This week, I have quite the tale for you from a returning author, Caroline Geary. Now, I owe Caroline an apology. I told her that this story would be out quite a while ago. But the week I said (laughs) that it would be out is the week that I ended up in the hospital and, well, the best laid plans of mice and men and all that. So please enjoy The Grappler. Hell is empty, and all the devils are here. William Shakespeare. The sun is setting across the sky, muted blues blending to deep red. The day has been a hot one. I slip a cardigan across my sunburnt shoulders, and the evening air has a slight chill to it. I wince, slightly. All right, Anna? Lars takes the camping chair opposite me and drags a small fold-away table towards him. I smile and watch him flip the lid off a beer bottle with his lighter. It lands in my lap. I pick it up and tentatively touch its edges, which are sharp to the touch. Good shot. I laugh. He winks. I watch him pull a tobacco tin from one jacket pocket and some Rizla papers from another. He looks around at the tree branches swaying, their leaves rippling as a breeze carries the smell of fires and barbecues across the campsite. Too windy, he deduces, and disappears into our tent, presumably to roll a joint. I feel out of place here, Lars invited me on this camping trip to Woody Hole, but I feel he regrets it. I don't fit in too well with his friends, and we aren't really boyfriend and girlfriend. Not yet, anyway. I see some of the others come back across the field, with branches in their arms, ready for the fire. I stand up and manage a smile as they approach. I feel self-conscious and out of place. I can get some. Do you need more? I offer, as I tug at the hem of my denim skirt. Verity, my least favorite of Lars's friends, smiles at me. Too widely, too broadly, and it doesn't meet her eyes. Sure, she says. The best bits are over the stream. She looks in the direction of the woods. It is starting to get darker now. The thin red line of the sunset has narrowed so much it has nearly disappeared behind the distant hills. What did look beautiful now has an air of menace. Verity sees my unease and passes me a torch, a small mag light. It's cold in my hand. She smiles and turns her back to me, so I gather that my collecting wood is not up for negotiation. Someone has lit the fire, and I hear the crackle as the wood catches light and look over my shoulder to see if Lars has re-emerged from the tent. He hasn't. I don't really want to go alone. Go on, then. Lily calls out as she swigs from a bottle of cider. Don't want it to get too late, or the grappler might get you. I feel myself stiffen as the group breaks into laughter. I have no idea what she is talking about, but I would rather be ignored than teased. I head off towards the woods to get this over with. As I walk up the path, I try to ignore the fact that Verity and Lily dislike me. I can tell they're territorial about their inner circle and don't want to let me in. I suspect the amount of jokes they make And past memories they reminisce about in my presence are for my benefit if you can call it that to remind me that i'm not really part of the group i have an uncomfortable feeling that this is down to the fact that one of them has some sort of history with lars i keep walking my eyes fixed straight ahead i try not to think about the films i've watched that feature a girl walking through the woods the same way I am now, alone and unaware that danger is lurking between the trees. I flap at groups of midges that hover and flit about like angry dust motes. I don't feel safe, and I don't feel alone. I just want to get the hell out of here. I pick up the pace till my footsteps are in time with my heart. I feel like someone or something is behind me, but... I'm not turning around. Images of horror film villains battle for center stage in my mind. Freddy Krueger, Pennywise, white-faced apparitions that are an amalgamation of every scary thing I have ever watched, read, or dreamt about. These thoughts might be absurd and comical by daylight, but they become terrifying at night when adrenaline overrides common sense. I see some trampled branches by the stream, telltale signs that this is where the other members of the group have collected their firewood. I decide that even if I just go back with a handful of dry twigs, I'll have proved myself, if that's what this is about, and I'll just glue myself to Lars for the rest of the evening and see if I can get him to come home with me tomorrow. Staying two nights was the plan, but I feel awkward here. I wanted to please him by coming, but it's not what I want. And it's not just the unwelcoming reception I've had from the girls in Lars's friendship group that has me anxious to get away. There's something about this place that I don't like. It's innocuous enough, a family campsite on the south coast of England, open from May to September, dogs and families are welcome. Electric hookups are available, toilets and showers are available, etc., etc. The toilet block in particular creeps me out. Part of the campsite has been refurbished. The female toilets, not so much. The paint is green and peeling. There are cobwebs and spiders everywhere. The toilets and sinks themselves are clean enough, but it just feels creepy. I could never get out of them quickly enough. Each time I'd entered the toilets, they'd seemed unnaturally dark and unnaturally quiet. The buzz of the busy campsite feeling a million miles away, and the silence in the bathroom uncomfortable. I'd dive into the first stall, the one nearest the door, sit on the toilet, and not let my overactive imagination wander. Each time I'd gone into the block, there had been no one else in there. But then, as I was seated, but desperate to finish and get the hell out, the door would creak open and someone would walk in. They'd walk quickly, breathe hard, and pick the stall next to me. I'd hear them stand for a minute and see the shadow of their feet move as if they were standing right at the wall, dividing our cubicles and were listening to me, ear pinned to the wall. Both times I had fled in the cubicle and hot-footed it out of the bathroom, not washed my hands and not looked back. One time, I heard the occupied cubicle's lock slide open, but I simply sped up. Once I was back out in daylight, I almost laughed at myself for being so overdramatic Too many scary stories, I told myself. I shake my head, as if to empty it of unwelcome thoughts, and I bend down to pick up some sticks when I hear the snap of dry twigs behind me. I hear the gasp escape my lips as I swing around, but there is no one there. Lars? I ask frantically. I hear nothing. I start walking down the path as quickly as I can. Another crack of branches. I spin around but it is now almost completely dark and it would be easy for someone to hide. I switch the mag light on and I quickly scan from left to right and although I see no one and nothing, the darkness and the branches merge together, creating suggestions of silhouettes And I start to run. I hear something behind me, not the sound of running, but branches cracking to the left and to the right of me, as I reach the edge of the pathway and onto the comforting grass of the campsite. I am suddenly aware of how out of breath I am and I struggle to compose myself, as I walk up to our pitch and our group around the campfire. Are you out of breath? Verity's eyes open in faux wonder. As she looks around, glee spreading across her smug features as she captures the attention of everyone, including Lars, who shifts uncomfortably in his camping seat. Lily snorts out a laugh. <clears throat> oh my god, were you scared? Did you run back? They laugh hysterically. Lars doesn't come to my rescue, and I feel my face flame. Miles, Lily's boyfriend, jumps to my defense. Don't fucking blame you, he says. Fucking horrible up there. Have a fucking drink. He gives me a warm smile, and I'm pathetically grateful. He picks a can of what looks like cider out of the drinks bin and throws it towards me. It's a soft underarm throw, and thankfully I catch it deftly in one hand, which obviously earns me some kudos as the atmosphere shifts its focus from me, and the conversation resumes. I sit next to Lars, open my cider, and drink greedily, hoping it will take the edge off my anxiety. Lars shuffles his camping chair along so it's closer to mine, and he reaches out and takes my hand. Finally, I think. I had been planning to tell him tonight. That I wanted to go home tomorrow, but somehow the words won't come. I glance at him out of the corner of my eye. He is so good looking, I think. Actually, quite out of my league. I continue to take in his laid back coolness, admired his eyes crinkling at the edges as he laughs at a story his best mate Nathan is telling across the fire. He turns and faces me campfire flames dancing a reflection in his eyes you okay babe he grins and squeezes my knee i smile back sure i put my hand on his giving it a squeeze who wants to hear a ghost story says lily yes, yes. yes. everyone shouts excitedly from round the fire Laughter peels out as Lily shines a torch up to her face from below her chin, illuminating her features in the eerie light, her eyes disappearing into elongated shadows that seem to drip down her face like candle wax. Oasis had been playing all night on someone's iPod, but Nathan had silenced it, and it was only then I realized how quiet the campsite had become. Normally, there were still children playing on the grass, kicking balls, throwing frisbees, the chatter comforting background noise. As I glanced around the site, I could see fellow campers bedding down for the night, children in pajamas, brushing their teeth, underneath the supervision of their parents, tables and chairs being put away for the night. Lily begins, the torch now by her side, just... The light of the fire illuminating our faces this is the story of the grappler she says looking each of us in the eye in turn lars passes me his freshly rolled joint he has lit it and taken a toke i don't usually partake i've only recently quit regular cigarettes but i take a small draw on it and then another before passing it back to lars who gives me an appreciative look. I sit back to listen to Lily's story. With her now captive audience, and after a large swig of beer, she continues. Some of you may have heard it before. She nods at Verity. No spoilers. Now, me and my family have been coming to this campsite, the fabulous woody hole since I was a child. We started coming when I was three years old, and came every year, religiously, until I was twelve. She paused here for what appeared to be dramatic effect. And why did you stop? Said Verity, theatrically, which made me realize they had acted out this little skit before. We stopped coming, she said, because one year, there was... A murder. The group erupts into a mixture of mock shock and one cry of bullshit Bullshit. from Nathan. It's true, continues Lily. I notice she is playing with her necklace, a silver crucifix that glints in the light of the fire. Lars passes me the joint and I take another puff. It is, she says, waving a dismissive hand. Google it. She swigs her beer and continues. You know, one thing I've always struggled with is finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. Plus, I am not the best with numbers, but now I use Rocket Money and it does all that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month, so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. And I know you do not have the time or mental bandwidth to deal with customer service, but don't worry, they'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash scare you to sleep. That's rocketmoney.com slash scare you to sleep. Rocketmoney.com slash scare you
0: to sleep. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it! You stumped this charming devil!
1: One morning, some parents woke up and found their daughter wasn't in the tent. It was early. They presumed she was in the shower or whatever. Thinking she would be back any minute, they started their day. They fill their little kettle ready for coffee. They start frying up some bacon. But, Their daughter didn't come back. So, the mom went down to the toilet to find her and to see if she was okay. But when she went into the toilet block, what she saw was worse than anything she could have ever imagined. Her screams echoed across the campsite, causing the girl's father and several other campers to come running to see what was wrong. On entering the toilet block, everyone froze, rooted. To the spot at the grisly sight that beheld them. A large pop from the fire broke the silence and made everyone jump, then shift uncomfortably in their seats. Lily continued. The floor was covered in a large pool of blood, blood that had flowed from a locked cubicle. The girl's mum screamed and hammered on the door, She dropped to her feet, getting covered in blood to look beneath. She could only see her daughter's blood-stained trainers and her legs at an awkward angle. She wasn't moving. The girl's father, with the help of some others, was helped to climb over the locked door into the cubicle. And when he looked in, he let out an inhuman wail and could not even bring himself to say what had happened to his daughter. She was a bloody mess that had been clawed, hacked, and stabbed to death. Ew, said Verity, but everyone looked slightly uncomfortable. Ghost stories aren't funny as the night draws in, and you're sleeping in a tent in the middle of nowhere. So, continues Lily, having found her stride. It was a bit of a locked room mystery. She died of multiple stab wounds that couldn't have been self-inflicted, so the killer must have attacked her by climbing over into the cubicle or under the door, and then left the same way. I knit my fingers together in my lap, feeling woozy from the joint and uneasy from the story. That did not happen here, says Lars. Lily ignores him and continues. So, they never caught the killer, and eventually, they closed the case. The girl. Lily stops to light a cigarette and takes a long draw on it, exhaling the smoke skywards. (sighs) Her name was Abigail. She never had justice, and so now she's rumored to haunt the toilet block. I've never seen her ghost, although I do sometimes sense it. So that's who the grappler is, I say. What does grappling even mean? Asks Lars. Lily resumes her tale theatrically. People in the lady's toilet cubicle have reported hearing weird noises, heard the hand dryer go off and on, and then there's no one there. And at night, people have been terrified, fled the cubicle screaming, saying some god-awful face has appeared under the cubicle door, a maniacal grin on her horrific face and she has grabbed and grappled at their feet and tried to struggle her way in underneath the partition wall all the time, gnashing her teeth and clawing with ice-cold hands. I shiver inside. My head and stomach start to swirl. Verity looks thoughtful. Is grapple a real word? Anything's real if you say it enough, answers Lily. An eerie tension hangs in the air. I have a large penis. I have a large penis, (laughs) says Nathan. (laughs) We burst out laughing and the mood lifts. The night continues. Nathan plays guitar and we sing along. We chuck more wood on the fire. I smoke another joint. I hadn't planned to drink so much, but despite the late hour, the rest of the group have no intention of stopping or calling it a night just yet. If you can't beat them join them I think to myself as I pull myself out of the camping chair to grab a drink from the bin of cold water. But as I look into the bin and into the water, I jump back in a startled surprise. A face is looking out of the water at me. It's submerged, but clearly a human face. It's female. It's hard to determine the color of the skin. The drinks bin is black and the water is dark. It's pale, though. Deathly pale. Its eyes have lost their life and are milky and unstaring. With a pop of an air bubble, it sinks back below the surface. I shriek and jump backwards. The babble of chatter around the campfire falls silent. What is it? Lars appears behind me and puts a hand on my waist. I turn to him, breathless and wide-eyed, and see everyone looking at me. I see Lily and Verity exchange a look between themselves. And although I'm about to speak, I can't bring myself to say what I saw. Even though only a few seconds have passed, I now think maybe I was wrong. That it's dark. It, it must have been an optical illusion. I am pretty wasted, after all. But I don't want to put my hand in that bin. I quickly blurted out, There was a massive spider! <laughs> I laugh to lighten the mood. A what? Asks Lily. I decide I need to style this one out, so I laugh again. A spider! It was fucking massive and swimming around. Gross, huh? (laughs) Rather than looking cynical, Lily and Verity look merely curious, as does Lars. As he steps forward and he looks into the drinks bin, I feel my body tense. Jesus Christ, he says at the top of his voice, jumping backward. Do you see it too? I ask, but he starts laughing and everyone around the campfire relaxes and does the same. You bastard, says Nathan. You scared the shit out of me. Well, says Lars, if he's in there. He'll drown. Enjoying his audience, he strides back to the drink spin, rolls up his sleeves, and reaches his hand in. Cider, right? I nod. He rummages round, and then out of nowhere, he drops to his knees, desperately trying to pull his arm from the drink spin. Fuck! My fucking hand! He screams. Shit! I'm too scared to even move. Time stops still and my heartbeat is hammering in my ears. Lars then slowly rights himself and slowly pulls his arm from the drinks bin, his face contorted in pain. I don't know what I'm about to see. A torn and bloody hand? He almost needs to use his other hand to free himself, and I can't bear it as he pulls his hand from the bin, only to turn and pass me a can of cider, grinning from ear to ear. The relief is insane, and I laugh along with everyone else and join Lars back beside the fire. Of course, it was my imagination. What was I thinking? As the night draws in, I relax. Maybe I will stay another day. Lars has pulled his camping chair close to mine and keeps giving my knee a reassuring squeeze. The group laughs and jokes. We look up and marvel at the stars that can be seen so clearly now that we are far removed from the light pollution of the city. We try to make out constellations, making up our own as we go along if we can't remember the proper names. The campsite is quiet now, and dark, apart from the occasional sprinkling of fairy lights. Some tents are illuminated from the inside. The shadows of those inside can be seen, putting children to bed and getting ready to bed down for the night. The fires have dwindled away to a gray smolder. The smell of burning embers and burnt marshmallows is in the air. It is quite cold now, and the air and grass feels damp and dewy. The odd bleat from a sheep in a neighboring field is heard from time to time. Otherwise, the night is quiet. I help the others pack away a few things from our evening. I throw some beer cans into a bin liner. We say our goodnights and brush our teeth under the tap together. I go into the tent I'm sharing with Lars. He's blowing some air into our inflatable bed. I'm gonna nip to the loo, I say. Don't be long, he says as he winks at me. I take the path down to the toilet block. I forgot to take a torch, so I use the light of my mobile to illuminate the path in front of me. It only lights the way a couple of feet ahead. I'm tired, but happy, thinking my chemically altered state is to blame for the face I saw in the water, something my subconscious conjured up from Lily's story. I feel uneasy about the woods, though. I swear I heard something earlier. I put my head down and pick up the pace. I reach the toilet block and enter cautiously. There's no one there. I walk across the tiled floor into the first cubicle on the left. My footsteps break the silence. The floor is littered with toilet paper. The cleaners obviously don't come until first thing in the morning. I lock the door behind me, I undo my shorts and sit. As I do, the sound of the hand dryer blasts into the air and I jump out of my skin. I sit stock still. The story Lily told me starting to take center stage in my brain. The dryer stops. I don't hear anything else. Maybe it's faulty. But then I hear footsteps. Slow and deliberate and a heavy breathing. The breathing has a slight weave to it. Like something or someone is about to start laughing. I don't move a muscle. I hardly dare to breathe. The feet advance one step at a time. They get closer and closer and then stop right outside my cubicle. I can't see the feet, just the shadow of them. They stay motionless for what seems like an age must be one of the group coming down to scare me. Lars? I say. My voice comes out unnaturally high-pitched. Is that you? No answer. No movement. My heart is thudding so hard I think I can hear it as well as feel it. The shadow moves as they enter the cubicle next to me. They slam the door and bolt it so hard my own door rattles. My fight or flight defense kicks in, and I jump up to unbolt my door, to hot-foot it out of there, but before I know it, a hand has shot under the partition wall and grabbed my ankle. It takes me by surprise, and I fall to the floor. My left hip breaks my fall, and I cry out as white-hot pain shoots up my side. I thrash to get away, and kick out at the hand. I can't get away, and I can't get up. The hand of the unseen person is thrashing around, and keeps getting a hold of me with razor-sharp nails, cutting at my ankles. And then, it appears. The face under the partition wall, grinning an insane grin, teeth gnashing and biting. I nearly find my footing, and I'm about to stand up, when I feel a white, hot pain across my ankle. Instantly, my efforts to stand are futile and I crash back down to the floor. I land in a heap, face to face, with its laughing grin and gnashing teeth. A crucifix glinting and swinging around its neck. Thanks for listening and thank you so much to this week's author, Caroline Geary. Again, so sorry for this being so late, Caroline, and thank you so much for another wonderful story. If you'd like to have a story considered for the show, you can send it to to scareyoutosleep at gmail.com. Be warned, my submissions are very behind, Um, so just to let you know it will be a while before you hear back. And if you'd like to follow the show on social media, it's at You to sleep on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Facebook group is a group. So just go ahead and answer those questions. You can say podcast, podcast. We just need to know if you're a bot or a scam artist or, you know, many various things. Just podcast, podcast, if you want to, or you can leave a nice little note either way. Um, let's see what else, uh, oh yeah, that's right, again, there is a bonus episode available on Patreon for my $3 and up patrons, and I read The Rake. It's a quick little bonus episode, but it was a lot of fun to do, it's very atmospheric, it's one of my favorite creepypastas, it's just very, um, I don't know, I love the lore of The Rake, and, you know, those, like, trail cams, you see pictures of where it's a rake it they're just really creepy to me and I love them so um go ahead and check that out if you'd like to become a patron and oh also ad-free episodes are available on patreon if you weren't aware for uh as little as one dollar a month and this is the part of the show where I slow it down and decompress and just talk about stuff (laughs) so if you are only here for the scares, then I will see you next week. Oh, and by the way, I did hear a lot of feedback but for a lot of feedback about last week's episode, and so I will be making that a series where I read some haunted headlines and old, you know, newspaper articles. So I will be doing that again for sure. So thank you for your feedback. I got all good feedback about it too. So that was amazing. And for those of you who stick around for my baking, I made some creme brulee this past Sunday. It was my parents' 40th anniversary. Happy anniversary, mom and dad. And I made them creme brulee for their anniversary. But of course, I made enough for me too. Duh. (laughs) And enough for me and one that was a tester. So, you know, creme brulee all around. And it was a lot of fun. I don't currently have access to my kitchen torches, but my dad has like an actual big butane torch like and I think real chefs use the big the big ones that you see in like a garage and so I used that to uh brulee the creme and it was so much fun and it worked way better than a chintzy little kitchen torch which are usually I think more expensive than one of those so just a heads up if you're trying to gauge which one to get um of course the kitchen the ones specifically meant for kitchen use have a little more have a few more safety features built in but if you're confident in your torching abilities then i recommend the good old regular one from like home depot <laughs> it was again a lot of fun to use and i think worked better than the kitchen torches i apologize if my voice is still a little gross um i'm still not 100% i'm feeling all better but my voice is just not 100% so again apologies for if i sound you know Uh, Unpleasant. Uh, Some people said they liked my sick voice last week though, so um, you're welcome. (laughs) And I do hear you. A few of you were like, You're sick a lot. And I am, not usually in previous years, but recently I have been. And I think a lot of it has to do with stress. But I'm working on getting out of uh, all my stressful situations. (laughs) I mean, not all of them. That's just life. But getting to a point where I am not so completely packed to the brim with uh, stress. So hopefully I will not be as sick as often in the future. And I do take vitamins. Don't worry. I do take very good care of my body for those who are concerned. Not that I need to explain anything. I don't like feel the need to explain it, but I I, I appreciate the concerns. Um, But don't worry. I eat my vegetables. I drink my water. I exercise. I do all the things. But I think a lot of it, again, is just stress, which can, you know, lower your immune system. Um at least I think so. Um there's a doctor out there listening right now who's like, "No, that's dumb. You're dumb. That was a dumb thing to say." I don't know, but uh that's what I feel like it was. <laughs> anyway, um so thank you again for all of your concerns and your all your kind notes um on like comments on Spotify and everything. Um all right. I don't have much to say and again, I'm not my voice is not 100%. It's starting to go as you can hear. Um, so I'm going to go rest that and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. This is a good, I, one reason I read the rake on Patreon, by the way, um, is I feel like they're really fun pairings together. I don't know. They're very different monsters, but I felt like they went really beautifully together. (laughs) So if you want to make that a double feature, then I highly recommend it. All right, folks, I'm going to be signing off now. I hope you have an excellent weekend or week or whatever it is you will whenever you listen to this. I hope you're having a great time commuting or folding laundry or at the gym um, or going to sleep, going to sleep. There are those of you who do listen to sleep and I appreciate that. I love you guys a lot because a lot of you tell me that you listen once to fall asleep to and you don't hear the end of the story. So then you listen again. And that's cool for me and my download numbers. So <laughs> I really appreciate the the sleepers out there. Um, all right, I'm going to go. I love you. Go, please drink your water. And like everyone has told me, take your vitamins or do whatever. I'm not going to give you health advice, but you know, just you are, your, you are the only you. So take care of the only you there is because you are important and you are loved. And you, even if you don't feel like you are. And if you're in a really bad situation right now, there is light at the end of the tunnel, I promise. Because I found it myself. So, I just, not to get super mushy. Alright, I'm going to go. I love you. Good night. Uh, Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.